Welcome. We're so glad you've taken this opportunity to grow your faith by listening to this teaching. At CLC, it is our heart to see every believer equipped to fulfill the plan that God has for your life. For more information about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. Now let's hear some faith-building teaching from Pastor Gwen Drager. Have you ever noticed that parents repeat things when they're teaching? You ever notice teachers repeat, repeat them? Have you ever noticed actually when you're trying to teach anybody you repeat things? Does it ever get annoying to you? Aren't you glad that God didn't get annoyed with us? He sure repeats things a lot. Words go flying over our head, and uh, often they don't sink in. Well, faith comes by hearing, and perhaps that's one of the reasons we were hearing about, you know, will the Lord find faith when he returns? Perhaps it's a hearing issue, and not the one where the hearing aids went flying. But perhaps the words did. Perhaps they went flying through the air and landed in a parking lot somewhere. Words shouldn't be like 747s. <laughs> Up in the air, above the atmosphere, where no one can touch them. Lots of times we hear things. How many times have we heard the Christmas story in our life? If you've been in church, a lot. At my age, it's been a lot. <laughs> so funny, my grandson came to me yesterday and said, and I was studying, and he, he, I, was, I was hiding out, and I thought I was, you know, pretty much disguised, but he found me. I, they, you know, I found this. If you're ever reading your Bible at home, no matter who they are, no matter what age they are, my kids always found me or the phone rang. The phone was easy to turn off. The children, not so much. <laughs> and he comes in, and he squeezes up on my lap. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm studying. And he said, can you read to me the Christmas story? I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah can I read my Bible to my, ch my grandchildren oh yeah what an honor he wanted to hear those words he wanted to hear about baby Jesus being born it was so exciting it was so exciting to share and just his, his excitement at hearing the words again we talked about it at school I just like to hear it and I thought to myself, how do we feel about the word that way? We like to hear it again and again. Uh, not so much. Especially the part that talks about sin. Not so much. Not so much. Not so much. In Timothy chapter 1 verse, well, we'll go right to 17. I like that verse, so we're going to read that first. There's been some things that the Lord has said about a year ago, and I want to reflect on some of them today. So you probably heard some of these things before. I want to hear them again. Amen. I'm in 1 Timothy chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 17 first just because I like it. <laughs> Are you ready? Now, unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, that was a song that they used to sing, I think, in about the 90s or something. Is that correct? And that, can you believe this? We did not have, like, the kind of words up that we did. This was the age that the church was getting used to all those songs. I'm doing that while you find First Timothy. Some of you have not yet found it. It is in the New Testament, by the way. Back then, we used to write out the words on a piece of plastic and put them on this machine and shine them up on a screen. Anybody remember the projector days? And then we got real clever, and some of the, the way we could get them printed and we didn't have to write them out like carefully. I never wrote those out because my handwriting was never terrific. And so there was always this person who could come. And so it was the first Sunday we were singing this song in church. It's a funny story. You ready to laugh? It said, unto the king eternally mortal. <laughs> eternally mortal. <laughs> eternally mortal because <laughs> they'd heard it being sung and just wrote what they heard they wrote what they heard <laughs> are we going somewhere here today about hearing they wrote what they heard <laughs> he's not the eternally mortal god <laughs> and aren't you glad about that it's very funny uh, uh, 
having now completed uh, some teaching lessons and uh, Miss Abby was helping me, she said, you have so many stories. <laughs> that one, you know, you just tuck them away for a new day. <laughs> and, and it's so important how we hear. I've made mistakes about songs on the radio, even Christian songs. I, I thought for a long time, you know, I, I'm, I'm, what was it? I'm desperate for you, desperate for you. Only I'm listening to the radio and our truck had a lot of noise and we were listening to my, as we drove along in the truck and it rattles in the, and I'm like, what are you listening to? I undressed before you. What kind of Christian song is that? <laughs> it's so important what we hear. <laughs> it's so important how we hear. Oh, my kids were mortified. Mom, that's not what it says. <laughs> <laughs> My daughter says she still can't even listen to it. It just ruined the whole day. <laughs> there may be some of you watching today will never hear that song the same again. <laughs> How we hear is so important. <laughs> now unto the king, eternal, <laughs> immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This same king that is eternal, he says things. He tells us things. From cover to cover, this God has given us warnings. Not always about something bad. Sometimes, like, if you just follow this, it'll go well. We're like, I don't want to obey. Well, why not? Just do this, and it will go well. He didn't say don't do this. He said do this, and it'll go well. It'll go well. Honor your mother and father. It'll go well with you. Is it really that hard? It'll go well with you. It wasn't like here's a big, long list of things you shouldn't do. Honor your mother and father. It will go well with you. It's a good thing. Go find that scripture. I know where it is, but it's not a test today. Aren't you glad? Amen. Are you ready for today or not? Amen. Amen. So here we go, verse 18. This charge. So when in the Bible says this charge, do you think that's important? I think so. I think so. So it's, it's vital. It's important. It has high note. Hello, everybody. Get ready. This important. This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy according to the prophecies which went before in thee, that you by them might war a good warfare. God says stuff. We're supposed to take it seriously. We're supposed to watch it and have our life be better as we live with it and how it affects us, what we decide, how we move, how we live, how we talk, all those things. What has God said? What is his purpose? How is he talking to us? Now, as I said a year ago, he said some things. I'm not reading the whole prophecy out because it was actually three pages printed long. But we'll post it up and repost it again on our, on our Facebook page, all those places where they post things. Not me. I won't be doing that just so that you know. But there are other people who help me. And they will help you. Amen. He said, and it starts this way, yes, the time of miracles is coming again. We've had seasons. There's been a patience and there's been a waiting. But there's a time of miracles, a season, a season. If you will take and you will think back to this whole year, we have seen many miracles in our midst. You could look out and see all kinds of things. I'm telling you this today because in reflection, it's going to help you go through everything that all the negativity. There's been so many things said in the media that, that try to squish out the wrong kind of pressure and squish out the voice of God. Squish out and push out what God has been saying, what God has been doing. These things are taking place. They are and have been. And it's exciting. But in the middle of this, we hear a bad report. We get all like, bah, 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 bah. And there is not enough cheese wheels in the world for that thing to spin like that. It says there's an abundance, like an outpouring, and we're sitting on the edge. Doesn't anybody feel that now? 
There is an abundance and there's pressure. And I have to say this. We've been careful to hear his instructions. There are more instructions coming. And there's coming a time very soon where we cannot restrain people from coming to his altar. And that is not for any man to choose or direct. It is not. It is not. We cannot restrain the people. No one can. No one can stop people from coming to God anytime, any place, anywhere. Anytime, any place, anywhere. Hear me. It is not our choice. Amen? Said the dam is breaking. It'll break. And all men's ideas. We can trust that. We can war for that. And the instruction was to just keep looking up. Coming down the end, it says, just to let you know, he's already seen your situation. He saw it before you even knew about it, and he's working on it. He already sent help. Some of you are going to have to change direction just a little bit and allow him to do that so that the structure he was building can come up stronger so he can be the name of that strong tower in your life. There's been weaknesses that you've embraced assuming they were strength. I feel this was very important because this is something we need to really continue to war for, so a war about, like in that instruction with Timothy. There's been weaknesses that you've embraced assuming they were strengths. If, and, and saying like this, if I take this, it will make me stronger. If I face this, it will make me stronger. I'll grow from this. But growth didn't happen that way. And the growth happens as you yield and allow his word to lift you and take you into the next place. And kept speaking about building and building and building. He said many people did not see that the foundation was already so structured and it was just kind of hidden behind. Now here's an interesting part. I mean, it's all very good. God's very faithful and kind and tells us and warns us. So we repeat it so we can remember. You thought, oh, no, I'm going to have to start from the ground up. Very important. I believe we're, as a, as a nation, there are people who are feeling this way. This was the word, oh, no, you thought, we're going to have to start from the ground up. And he's saying, God was saying, no, no, no. It's been there. I've been, no, no, no. Don't think that. Don't think that you have to start over. It's not a restart. It's a build-up. It's not a restart. It's a build-up. God said that. We trust his word. God said build. And build we have. And build we will. The structure has been laid. The foundation's laid. Many of you watching today, this structure this foundation has come like as an uh, there's been assaults against the very foundation some of you've been wiggling and feeling disappointed feeling frustrated god knows god knows and he knows that there's strength in his word that's coming to you that's going to help you and he's going to get you through and we're not just going to like survive and come up the other side without a barely breath that is not the way God's people go through. We go through well. Dry land. Time's not quite right. We need to build. We need to build. I want you to turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 1. There's lots more in there and a couple of them, but those are some things I wanted to, to bring out that are so important. Amen. 
as we go forward, we need to get anchored. We need to get anchored. We need to trust that when God said he put in a foundation, that his foundation is secure. That it's something that he now wants to put a structure on. In this past year, we've seen many people begin to build structures and the framework of righteousness, their framework of their identity. We've seen it. We see it in people. We see it being built up, and it's a great thing. Or have you found the book of Nehemiah? Praise the Lord. I'm in chapter 1, and I think, I think I'll go back to this one. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I'm going to read out of King James. Just give me a minute. Some of it I might go back to the Amplified, but there we go. Praise the Lord. In the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakala, it came to the pass in the month of Kishlu in the 20th year, as I was in Shushan, the palace, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity, concerning Jerusalem. We are at a place where some people are asking, what shall I do, O God? Where shall we go? What shall we do? What's going on with the body of Christ? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. He says, they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem is also broken down and the gates are burned with fire. There is a time where the church has had a burning of the gates in the wrong way. Gates have been a place where we enter and go in and out of God's presence. And there has been strange fire in those gates. God has warned his people time and time again about coming to him with a pure heart. And when there's pressures and things happening in the world, and we as a people have an opportunity to respond we need to come to the place where we're honest before God and say, you know what? I've been praising men more than God. I've been more afraid of what men say more than God. I have been so afraid of men's opinions. I've been so feared. I have compromised. We need to have that kind of truth come forth. As we come forth in honesty and truth in these areas, God is going to respond. And he's going to respond with help. He's always been there. He's always been there. He's always been there to lift us out. But we get ourselves in some kind of trouble sometimes. Some kind of trouble. Hear me, family. It's time to have pure worship again. You know, why isn't God moving in power? God's always moved in power. The power's problem is not him. We haven't been great receivers. A lot of people think, well, I'm doing pretty good, you know. I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. But it's still not working. If it's not working, it's not God's problem. And never has been. I like Nehemiah's response. He said he came to pass when he heard these words that he sat down wet more in certain days. I can tell you that there's a place in my heart where I feel this. Very strong. So I'm usually kind of funny and, you know, da, 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 da. But I feel this strong and have for some time. I feel there's a place where we've looked and looked at each other and gotten into strife. We've gossiped about each other. It's a mess, folks. It's a mess. We've talked behind people's backs. We've said things we ought not. Our gates got burnt. Our walls started to crumble. The pressure and the words of men caused us to turn on each other. It's time to turn our face up. How do we do it? I noticed this is such a very precious part of this chapter. And he says this, verse 5, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven. It's just the great and terrible God, but not in the terrible in the way we use it today. That keeps covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let your ear now be attentive and thine eyes open, that you may hear the prayer of your servant, which I pray before thee now, day and night, for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned 
against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We've dealt very corruptly against thee. And I hear the honesty. But I also hear it's over in a couple of verses. Because when you're straight with God, when you don't make any more excuses, when you've thrown all that stuff out and said, here am I, take it as it is. Here am I, God, here, here, here's the deal. There's no excuses for what I've done. It's over quickly. When we try to make an excuse and when we try to go on and on and on about all the reasons why we compromised or sin or any of those things, it only extends the pain. I'm not into pain. I don't like it. I don't like particularly the pain of conviction. But as soon as I come straight with God, it's over. The other thing that I've seen is this. With the turning, people go, boy, here's a good sermon pastor's preaching today. I sure hope so-and-so listens to this. So-and-so is you, just so we're clear. If you're listening, it's for you. The other thing is, is many people got themselves all in a stir because the sinners are sinning. not who we repented for. Did you see? What do you say? For Israel. For God's people. It's God's people that need to turn. It's God's people turning that makes the difference. It's God's people when they get a hold of God, pure, clean, upright, whole. When that happens, things turn. It's the same as when people quote, Second Chronicles 7.14, if my people. It's God's people, not the world. The world's going to sin. They're going to commit murder. They're going to uh, ab abort and all the crazy things and do drugs and get drunk and lie. That's what the world does. It's what sinners do. They sin. Put a notice up in your mirror. Sinners sin. Don't be shocked anymore. But us, we are the ones, we are the, you know, are the, are the Christians, are the ones who call on the name of Jesus and call him their friend. Are we the ones who need to repent? Because we're supposed to know. We're supposed to know. See, God's been building a thing and he's got a foundation. But in the middle of it, there's been some fleshy rocks that got in the building process. And I know this, I, I've seen some building things and they don't always go well. When you use bad stuff, it doesn't work. And you know, he says this, verse 10, now are your servants your people. One chapter, a few verses, it's all over. You're thinking, oh, how can we ever turn the nation? I'm telling you today, the nation can turn in a moment. In a moment. Even evil happened in a moment. And God's bigger than evil. Think about it. How quickly did things change? How quickly did they change orders all the time? They're changing all the time. The world has not got stability. And don't you think God's bigger than that? Don't you think he can change in a moment? The world situation like that. Part of the Red Sea in a moment. Oh, well, we're going to have to work up to... Th no. We don't even have to work up to Jesus' return. Everything doesn't have to go bad, like Bible bad, all those bad things that happen. It doesn't have to go Bible bad for hundreds of years so Jesus can finally line things all up. Oh, we'll take it one step at a time. You know, Jesus is lining up for the big day. In a moment. In a moment. In a moment. In a moment. In a twinkling of an eye, Right? Hmm. Interesting. So in a moment, they're all done. And then they get back to purpose. It's so easy. Verse 11, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear your name and prosper. Oh, there's that terrible word. Dear Jesus, you say it and half the church shrinks back and they go and screaming and yelling at each other. Don't let the word prosper drive you into strife. 
I pray thee, thy servants, this day, grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. It came to pass, now he's before the king, Artaxerxes, and he says in the end of verse 1, chapter 2, Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. There was still a place. While he had repented, there was still a condition that needed repair. Many times people get born again, and, and they're happy, you know, to, but they know their life has had some marks that are not able to be fixed in a moment. There was a young girl we met, and, and she had gotten born again, but she had had a child out of wedlock. And she was most embarrassed because people were more embarrassed about that sort of thing 40 years ago than they are today. They realize people make, you know, they sin, and we, we actually survive. <laughs> we repent, we go on. But there was still a child. So there was a mark or a stain, if you, in some ways, that's what people thought, for the rest of her life there will be a stain. But God turned that around. God turned around. She wasn't a curse. She became a great blessing. It's how you uh, look at it. It's your perspective on the thing. And you see, there's times when we look at it and think, well, there was still a situation. There were still broken gates, and there were some repair jobs that need to be done. Sometimes we as believers come to the place where we go, I, I, God, I need instruction. He's trying to give it. This is what it's going to take to, to put things right and to make it better. So he goes to the king. We need to go to the king and get his answer and get his answer. He said, wherefore the king says unto me, why are you sad? You're not sick. I thought that was interesting just all by itself, but that's another day. This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. And then I was so afraid. And I'm telling you, I have never seen a generation. Every generation has to deal with the giants of their time. And one of the giants of our time has been grief and sorrow. And it's so selfishly rooted. Because grief and sorrow is all about how bad you feel yourself and a little pity pony that goes along with it. Get the pity pony out. Don't put little bows in its hair. Stroke it. That thing's killing people. Grief and sorrow is taking people out. You have to come to Jesus and receive what he did at the cross. Did he say, I, I bore your griefs and sorrow? He took the pain of that. It's time you let him. It's time you let him. And you see, this sorrow heart was, even though there was repentance, and, and I, as, as a pastor, as a mom, as a mother in the church, I implore you, uh, uh, come before God, get this thing out. Once you've repented, you need to get up. You need to get up. Don't stay in the sorrow of what went wrong. Get up. Get up. And don't rehearse it. And said to the king, let the king live forever. <laughs> Good response. Why should not my countenance be sad? And he pouts a bit. But praise the Lord, when we pout at God, he knows our heart. The place of my father's sepulchers lies white, and the gates are ever consumed with fire. And the king says, what are you asking for? Interesting. So I prayed really quickly. <laughs> I know it doesn't say that, but, but it says, so I prayed to the God of heaven. So there he is. He's in front of the king. What do you want? What are you asking for? It's a pretty good question. I think so. But that moment, right? We always think, oh, the pressure of the moment. And here he is. Oh, God. You know, I'm in front of the king. Oh, God, what should I ask? What should I ask? What should I ask? No, I mean, he, he takes a pause and talks to God. Good practice. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I said to the king, if it please the king, good place to start. And if the servant has found favor in your sight, 
would you send me to Judah to rebuild? The king says, with the queen sitting there, which doesn't always happen, I thought it was an interesting note, how long will your journey be? When will you return? So it pleased the king to send me. Pleased him. He had approached him correctly. He approached him with wisdom. He approached him with God's instruction and not man's. He approached him with God's instruction. He waited. He got the way to ask. We know that he got favor from it. If we would just take a moment and go to God instead of like figuring it out. I'm going to figure out, okay, the king's asked, what do you want? Oh, well, da, 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 da. And we go through the list instead of going to God. And that, that moment that he took to hear from heaven, got heaven's instructions, what to do, how to turn it around, what to say. And he said it. And it worked. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting is the word of the day today. Moreover, I said to the king, if it pleased the king, so he asked for something else. Could you send letters so that everybody knows that I could have a safe journey there? And so he does. And then he gives him everything he needs to do the job. Everything he needs. Everything he needs. We are facing a time where we need to know that we have everything we need to do what God says. And when we get it in that kind of order, okay, God's put this on your heart. What are you asking? What do you need? There are times when God puts things on our heart. We finally clue in. And then, right, we finally clue in. Oh, that was God. And, and then this passion rises up. We think then we got to figure it out all ourselves. He says, well, what do you need to get the job done? Now it's okay. Well, you know what? Wait a minute here. God, how do you want me to do it? What, what do I need? What do you think I need? What's going to be required for this? And he begins to, you know, you'll need this and that. And here's some stuff you didn't even ask for. Here's all the stuff you need. Oh, I need letters to make sure everything's safe. Okay, yep, it's all there. It's all there. It's all there. It's all there. It's pretty exciting. And, of course, that's when things get exciting. Verse 10, when Symbalat, the Horonite, and Tobiah, the servant, the Amorite, because those ites are usually the bad guys, they heard it, it grieved them exceedingly. It grieved them exceedingly. I think I had that. He said, in, in the Amplified, it says, it distressed them exceedingly that a man had come to inquire for and require the good and prosperity of the Israelites which means they had something to do with how things went down they're about to be exposed there may be times in our near future where things are about to be exposed now we don't do a dance on their heads amen we don't go happy dance and and revenge revenge is the Lord's he'll take care of that but there is a day of release there is a day there is a day. I came to Jerusalem and I was there three days. I arose in the night and some few men with me. Neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do. Keep your mouth until God says so. There's a real temptation to go and tell everybody, I got the plan of God. Hello. Sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut. And then there's time to open it. Amen? And he says, so now he's going to see. He's going to see himself what was going down. And he does that. And he, he says in verse 15, I went up in the night by the brook and viewed the wall and turned back and entered the gate of the valley. And the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did. Neither had I as yet told the Jews nor the priests nor the nobles. But he had a few guys with him. Nor the rulers nor the rest that did the work. And I said to them, verse 17, you see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lies waste, the gates are burnt with fire. Come, let us build the wall of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. And this is where we are. Come, let us build, that we be no more a reproach. It is time for the body of Christ 
to walk in the love that God has been repetitively commanding us to walk in. They said in 1 John chapter 4 that that's how the church should be known. By its ability to walk in God's kind of love. If we were walking in God's kind of love, we'd be walking in God's kind of faith. And that's the bottom line. He wants us to get there. He wants to look out on the earth and find a few walking in faith. He'd like to be more than a few. But we're going to have to walk in love. We're going to have to come to that place. Friends, family, I love you. We've got to get ourselves out of the way. And we've got to come back to this place where this reproach, I understand there will always be people who will hate you because they hated Jesus, but let it be because you love them. Amen? This wall can be restored. This wall can be standing strong. This wall is the pillar we're called to be. I then told them of the hand of my God, which was good upon me. And there is a time and there is a word and there are things that he has been saying. And I am telling you this day by the spirit of God that the hand of God is on me. The hand of God is on you. And it is good. It is good. And it will accomplish everything that it has been set out to do. And it is time that we as believers did not draw back but push forward into it. His good hand is on me. His good hand. It's on me. And we don't pull back. And we don't withdraw. And we don't apologize for his goodness manifest in us, through us, and living it out publicly. It is on me. It is on me. And that we share amongst us. Can we look at one another and say, my good God, his good hand is on me. His good hand, it's on me. His good hand is on me. As it begins to manifest in your life, there will be people who will see you won't have to advertise. You won't have to carry a card. It will show itself and people go, there's something different. And there should be. They'll say, oh, there's something different. Oh, that good hand, it's on them. And when the good hand of our good God is on us, what he has appointed us to will happen. It will occur. It will occur. It will occur. God said build, and build we did. And I believe what God said. I believe it. His good hand is on me. His good hand is on me. And for those who are coming into a place where they have felt like, mm, maybe, look and find where the good hand is. Hear what they're saying. Hear it. Hear it. And let it get into your heart. Let it get in this time. Let it get in. Because this is what is going to help us walk through the place where we fought each other. This is the hand that helps us walk in a way that we've been called to, that we all knew. We all knew. We all knew. We all knew. In the next chapter of Nehemiah, he begins to rebuild the wall and the people come and says everybody went to their place in the wall. We actually have a few people who work with bricklayers in our midst and some who are builders and they can tell you if they try to build without interlocking, it won't work. We have to be joined. We have to walk together. God promised a unity would come in one of the other words that came out this spring. He promised that there would be a unity. And as we surrender and yield to Holy Spirit, that unity that he has purposed, the unity that he declared 
will come. And we need to do some warfare about that. What does that warfare look like? Casting down some imaginations that you've had about your brother and sister. Casting down those things. Deciding to speak well instead of speaking against. There will be people who will surprise you who don't serve God the way you do and still love him. We need to walk together. And that's the part, I believe, that we really need to take to heart in this season. You turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As I said at the beginning of the service, this is so important. So important. I know parts of this are very sobering, but you can get sober and be happy too. And to be drunk to get happy. Praise the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 18. Well, we'll go back a couple verses because we like it. Verse 14, we'll start there. For the body is not one member, but many. If the foot shall say, because I'm not the hand, I'm not the body, is it therefore not of the body? And that's the place where, if you're thinking about the walls of salvation getting rebuilt, that place where we interlock. Hands got many components, this side and that side, and then fingers, and they all do something different. Some hold rings. Some people have lots of rings. Become a place for decorations, but not just decorations. They do things. Ears. Some of them are big and some of them are small. Some noses go this way and some they go that way. But we need every one of them. The ear shall say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not the body. Is it therefore? And we read these things and we skip over them. We say, yeah, and it's kind of sort of cute-ish and funny-ish. It's not cute. It's not funny. There's a point trying to be driven home here. We need the things that don't look like what we think. We need the parts that look different from us. We need them. You need me and all my funky. I need you and all yours. We're different. We need each other. We need each other. Verse 18 now. But now has God set. I think if you're following a line in your body, Bibles, and you just take that word and put set. And draw a line around it. Now has God set. Do you really want to be somewhere. Other than where he put you. Yeah. I want to be where he put me. He knows. Where to put me. He knows where to put you. He knows how to put us together. He knows how we'll fit together. Not by ours. God hath said now God hath said he said it for a purpose for a reason and if God set you in that place it's time we surrendered to it that doesn't make us big or small or this or that and people say well um, I'm just this or I'm that it's time for all of that to just go that's that's the toys of children that's the toys of children. As time we put away foolish things. We have to grow up a little bit. And say, you know what? God set me here. And I'm not doing it just because I'm serving him because I've died to self. Because that's not dying. It's not dying to self. That's still that pity pony coming up for a ride. God set you in a good place. He sets people's feet upon a rock, and they shall not be moved. That's a good setting, wouldn't you say so? He set you in place. Now, sometimes we do get moved around. He might set you in a different country for a little while. But wherever he sets you, he knows. And he wouldn't set you all by your little own himself. It wouldn't work. That's what he's saying. He, set, he said, set the members, every one of them in the body as it, what? Oh, my word. As it pleased him. As it pleased him. How many people want to say, I just want to please God. I just want to please God. Be happy where he put you. <laughs> Long time ago, 
And I'm so glad it's not a restart. I had been in a group and I was learning about the things of the Holy Spirit and I was learning about all those things and their understanding and how they meted out servanthood in the body of Christ was you got to start with cleaning toilets. And and I thought, mm. but you know what? I was happy. I was happy to be a part. I was happy to do whatever. So it didn't really bother me. And so uh, uh, I'll go in and I'll clean the toilets. I was at this one meeting and they go, yeah, that's your post. It's, you know, whatever you'd like me to do. Da, da, da. Now, at this point in my life, there was this great grace that had come on me that I didn't understand. And that's why I was taking some of these courses on, about healing. It was this marvelous time in my life. The gifts of God were just flying. Every person I had prayed for had got healed. Every single one. It was exciting. I mean, I didn't know about this stuff before. God would say, da-da-da-da-da. I'd pray for them. They were healed. thought that was pretty simple, pretty basic. And perhaps in some ways it was sort of childish, but I think that kind of childish is okay. And so, and it was wonderful. <laughs> and I'm like, my little childlike faith. God said this. You pray for them. They get healed. I knew it had nothing to do with me. It was just like he said it, you do it. But, you know, if he gave you a word, he filled it. It wasn't complicated. It wasn't until I learned and took courses on healing it got complicated. That's, that's when things started to go sideways. But I, I was happy. And these things were all working. So I thought, and the people around knew the leadership in that particular congregation. They knew what was going on. And they were like, go, go, go. And they were encouraging me and praying for me. And that was great. But when we did meetings, I was always stuck in the bathroom. Do you know, I cast more devils out of in the bathroom. <laughs> and I'm not talking about toilets. <laughs> I pray for people. And they come in there, just pray for people. Crying and boohooing and da, 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 da. And get out the Kleenex and wipe them up and cast out a devil. Pray for the sick and... People were getting healed in the bathroom. Amen. And I was so glad as things went along that when I met new people, I didn't have to have a restart, but I could have continue building. God isn't saying you're going to have to have a restart because the gifts start flowing in your life. Sometimes things get backlogged for one reason or another, but God set us in a place. And... Sometimes we have not got to know each other well, but because of strife, because of distrust that's arisen out of that strife, because of all the times we haven't walked in love, we've created a, a bit of a mess, and that wall needs fixing. It gets fixed by the blood. It gets fixed by us forgiving. It gets fixed by us saying, okay, we're going to walk different. Trust can be rebuilt by the Spirit of God. It can. It can. And this is one of the ways. When you realize where he's placed you and you begin to accept those around you in their differences and then you move past acceptance into love and you start to love the people God's put in you. I'll be honest. Well, I don't know any other way really. I'm kind of upfront and blunt that way. There are times when I felt like it was easier to love sinners Christians. Not the truth. And that was because of this one thing. Expectations. I expected them to walk better. I expected them to know. Isn't it a lot easier now that we just slide? Some of these things are easier to hear when you're at home and we don't have to see your exact face. <laughs> And then it's quicker to repent. No one knows it can all be between you and Jesus. Amen. <laughs> Let the disappointment that came because of your ungodly expectation of someone be dismissed today. Enjoy where he's placed you, even if it is doing toilets. You never know what might happen in there. It's okay what God calls us to. His setting is so good. And it's wonderful, and there's peace in it. And we can get things going again. God wants to remove the reproach. It happens as we are honest before him. Some of us are going to have to take the honest pill. And, and it might feel hard in your throat, but it'll be so sweet. And the end will be good.
it's so wonderful to see how when it comes together, verse 25 says this, that there be no schism in the body. And like the next part, but that the members should have the same care one for another. What a great longing of God that his family would actually like each other and love each other. Seems like such a high goal, doesn't it? It shouldn't be. Some of us, I realize, are easier to love than others. And some days we're easier to love than others. <laughs> people have often said, especially about uh, prophetic people, they're kind of strange and odd people. And, and then they try to put a little uh, personality thing on a prophet. But every prophet I've ever seen in the Bible is all weird and strange, and they're not like each other. You know, I, God's never asked me to lay on the ground naked, and aren't you glad? Amen. I'm very glad. I didn't have to dress in, you know, I didn't have to eat locusts. Praise Jesus. I don't have to go where he sends some evangelists. He sends evangelists into places he's never asked me to go. I'm grateful for where God's placed me. It took time to get settled in it. And as a mother of Israel, <laughs> let me say this. Be settled quick. Be settled quick. Let him set you in. Don't be so quick to jump out of where he put you. And ask questions, just like Nehemiah did. Lord, what would you have me ask the king? What should I ask the king about my life, my purpose? How would you like me to be set in your body? Perhaps it's one way today and something else tomorrow. That's okay. Okay. I notice feet move around. But they don't move around without the hands and the head. You may have gospel shoes on. Let's keep them straight. Amen. Let's keep them straight. I hope you know how much I care about you as a pastor and, and so many of you friends. God has things to say. I believe his reproach is being removed. Let us hold fast the things that he's spoken that are so precious. Praise the Lord. My Bible's precious, and I'm sorry, Bible. I love you. I did not mean to do that. I love my Bible. It's been with me a lot of places. <laughs> Handle it a bit better. I want you to know that God loves you so very much. There are things he has to say and get ready. In all my heart, I don't believe this is going to last very long. But we must be careful about picking up the words of the world and make sure we speak the words of God. It is primary. It's primary. And as we do those things, we'll hear his voice. He's not looking to, to keep the instructions mystified. He's here. He's with us. And he's doing some building in our life. There are nexts to come. This coming year, we'll see some different things. And as Pastor Ann said, let's not curse where we've been. There are many great things that have happened this year. Some people needed to be settled, and that's unfortunate um, because they come in different ways. If people cannot, you know, receive and follow instructions by the heart, they get them by rules. And even then, that doesn't always work. Disease doesn't get canceled out by rules. Disease is healed by the blood of Jesus. That's a hard pill for some to swallow. All of the things that you do to try and avoid sickness. Trust in Jesus. He's our healer. We can be fearless where disease is concerned. We're not going to fall in that trap. We're going to trust the blood of Jesus. He's protected us. He's always made a way. He's always been a healer. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. Nothing's changed. We are building. We'll see the reproach lifted. I have to say this. Some will always be upset. 
and they do that by naming everything anti. Don't get moved by their words. Amen? Just throw them out. You don't have to listen. But I'm going to pray for you. I love you so very much. Holy Spirit, you've known the depths of pain that some are still feeling, the depths of frustration, the depths of depression that some are experiencing right now. But Jesus, you're there. Holy Spirit, you're there. You're there with them. You're there right now. You're there right now. I thank you that there's nothing in this world that can come anywhere near you. You are a great God. I thank you you're filling their homes right now. That they're knowing your presence. Oh, knowing it, knowing it, sensing you right there, right in their homes, lifting the pains, healing the wounds. I thank you for the setting and the settling that comes with the setting. I thank you that this time they're knowing their place more than any other. I thank you that that knowing is firm. Yes. There's a couple really, really struggling. A couple. Not just a couple people. A couple. A couple. A couple. Remember the promise today. Get it in front of you. Hold it before your face. Bring it out. Encourage each other on that promise. Hold it fast. Hold it fast. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Thank you, Lord. I've got another scripture. I'm just going to read it to you. It's Philippians 1 and 27. Only be sure as citizens, so to conduct yourselves that your manner of life would be worthy of the good news, the gospel of Christ, so that whether I do come or see you or am absent, you may hear. So while we are not present face to face, hear this, hear this, that you are standing firm, United spirit and purpose, striving side by side and contending with a single mind for the faith of the glad tidings of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let it be in the name of Jesus. Let it be in Jesus' name that we will stand firm in united spirit, unmoved, unmoved. Recall those things. Make a good warfare of the promises God has spoken into your life. Hold them fast. And don't let anyone take them from you. Don't let it happen. Contend with a single mind for the faith. That's what you contend for. That's what you hold for. For the faith, not for the words, not for those things, not for the, the, oh, fight this, oh, stand against this. You contend for the faith. You contend for the faith. You contend for the faith. That's what you fight for. That's the purpose. That's the, the place to go. That's where you're aiming. 
the faith of Jesus Christ and don't be moved. I speak strength into you now in Jesus' mighty name. Oh, in Jesus' mighty name, be strong. Be valiant, valiant, valiant in his purpose. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening today. We hope you have been strengthened and encouraged by the message you've heard. To hear more from our pastors or to learn more about Celebration Life Church, you can visit our website at celebrationlife.ca. You can contact us by phone at 604-594-7327 or you can write to us at Unit 2A, 13139 80th Avenue, Surrey, BC, V3W3B1.